So you know I keep telling you you got to do some type of big collaboration or pay for ads in order to get lots of people to sign up for your list. This is one of those collaboration issues where you're going to get paid wicked fast. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and and coaching, not like that other stuff. Perf. Now let's get to it. Welcome back, my inbox besties, besties. Kate Doster of katedoster.com. And as always, I am beyond excited to be in your ear holes today. Happy August. This is actually our first interview all year. All year here on Inbox Besties. And it is from somebody who I have so much respect for. And that is Krista Miller of summitinabox.co. So if you were hanging around with us in February for the Back to Business free bundle, then you know Krista had an amazing free gift about summits. You guys all raved about it. Everyone's like, Krista is the best. I'm like, I know she's the best. She's just like, she is it. (laughs) And I wanted her on this episode because I know we are at for all intents and purposes, the last part of the year. Um, I know, and you know, in sort of August, and I know Gary Vee talks about it, like August is a month that defines you as a person, which is so odd. Some people throw in the towel when it comes to August. I know 2020, I feel that all this happened this year because it was a year that really gave us vision. I know it has been tough. And I do not want you to throw the baby off with the bathwater. So I want you to be able to have the best tools to have the best quarter for absolutely possible. And honestly, like the best August, like let's just get with it. So I brought Krista on to talk about virtual summits because not only can you use them to grow your list a lot, but you can make money at several different points in your summit from selling the replays as we're going to hear about the all access pass to, and I can't believe she told us like how she gets her people higher conversions. Pay close attention because I got it out of her (laughs) in this interview so people actually buy that. But more importantly with this episode, I wanted to bring Krista on to talk about landing and getting speakers because a virtual summit, as you're going to hear about in this episode, is essentially where you interview a bunch of experts. So she talks about some of her secret sauce for actually landing speakers in the first place. But we also talk about being inclusive in your lineup. If I see another sun lineup where every single person besides one is a black and everyone else is like this white chick that's super skinny and usually has blonde hair, I feel like they're getting them all from stock photo sites. No. No. And because Krista has such a large platform and teaches so many people on virtual summits, she's starting at the root to make sure that every single one of her students is including inclusivity into their summits. No tokenism here. We're talking about being inclusive. And she gives you some things that you can start doing today, especially if you've ever thought about having a summit to make sure that you are including a diverse lineup. Okay, there's so much in this interview, so I'm going to go ahead and let Krista and Kate take it away. And welcome back to my inbox, besties, besties. As always, I am super excited to be in your ear holes today. And today we have one of our first interviews of the year, I know. So this one is going to be very special. I'm so excited. We have Krista Miller here who talks all about how to actually host summits. She also has a secondary business. I'm so excited. So I was bragging all about how awesome you were in the intro, but I'd love for you to actually tell us in your own words a little bit more about you and your business and who you help. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped to talk about this with you because it's Kate. So it's bound to be a blast. But anyways, like you said, I'm Krista. I am the owner of Summit in a Box, where I teach people how to run and launch profitable, not gross, engaging virtual summits. Um, And it's a lot of fun. So I'm all about, like I said, the engaging, but also helping people make money through summits. I like I never want one of my students to host a summit and then say, oh, summits don't work. My philosophy is that if you say a summit doesn't work, you either haven't hosted one or you didn't do it right. So all of my resources are to help people do it right. So I have, you know, the templates, the strategies, swipe copy, graphics, everything, step-by-step processes, anything someone needs to host and launch a summit because it is a big project and I want it to be easy. I want to remove the overwhelm from it so that so that we can have more of these incredible, impactful events because not only are they great for the host, but they're great for the speakers. They impact thousands of attendees every time you do one. And I just want more of them and I want them to continue being awesome. So that's what I'm all about. I love doing it. It's a blast. I absolutely love that. And you guys know from listening to the show, when we were talking about one of the fastest ways to grow your list, it was to look for those collaborative things. And I'm like, well, I don't particularly teach about summit. So I'm like, let me go and find the most amazing summit speakers that I can find. And that 100% is Krista. Like I've never had somebody be so highly recommended from my actual audience ever. Everyone's like, she's the best. You need to talk to her. We love Krista. So like you come very, very highly regarded. And before we get into, especially like you said, your philosophy of how to actually make money with summits. And I know you guys have a million questions. So I'm going to try to answer as many as I can have her answer in the next 30 minutes. I'd love to know a little bit more about you and how you started this business. For longtime listeners, I always ask my audience, could you tell us your McDonald's moment? That moment where you're like, I think I would just rather go work at McDonald's. Like I'm over this being an online business that blows, being the boss stinks. I'm done. Just hand me an apron. We'd love to hear yours. Yep. I've got one of those. So I started my first business in September, 2015, and I was doing WordPress development for designers. So web designers would send me these beautiful mock-ups. I'd make them into websites. Everyone was happy except for when I didn't have clients, then I wasn't happy, right? So, you know, a few years in, and I'm still dealing with this problem. It was mid 2017, maybe early 2017. And it was like, where are these people? Like up to that point, I had kind of been getting clients as I needed them. You know, a project would start wrapping up. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not gonna have a client. Where are they? And then like the day, the day before it ended or the day it ended, I get an inquiry. It's like, oh, okay. We're good. We can keep going. (laughs) But there was like, I want to say it was like May, June, July, 2017. I had no clients. It's like, I've been doing this for years. Like, why is there still this issue? And then it came to the point where it's like, this is so stressful to have to worry about where these people are and figure out where to find them and how to get clients that don't even, not only will give me money, but not treat me like crap. You know, that there's always another Mm -hmm. problem with dealing with clients is, finding good ones, which is something I had struggled with back then. Uh, And like, it was to the point where I was like, like, is it worth even continuing? Wouldn't it be better to even go get a job that I used to consider really crappy, whether it was McDonald's or Starbucks or something that like, not that I have anything against that. It's just like, I never saw myself working at one of those places. Like that would maybe just be easier. At least I'd have a consistent paycheck, you know? Um, And it was to that point. It truly, truly was. I was thinking like, I don't know if I'm going to even have a choice. Um, But luckily, like I had, you know, a day where I was just feeling inspired, sat down to do some brainstorming. Like, okay, I obviously don't want to do that. What, what, what needs to change? What's my next step going to be? And I knew if I could just get that consistent clients coming in again, 
I would, I would feel better about my life overall. And I knew that just getting out in front of more people was my answer. And I had kind of thought about hosting a summit before, but I kept talking myself out of it. Like I am not a big enough deal for a summit. People are just going to laugh at me when I host one. All the speakers are going to be like, who do you think you are? No, I don't want to be in your summit. You know, Mm -hmm. like I had fought with myself about that for months, but eventually I want to say August ish. I decided, okay, we're going to do it because I, I know I can host an awesome summit for these people, for my specific audience. Um, and I know I can find, I can find speakers who will do this. So I went ahead, I did it. I hosted my first summit in April, 2018. I had a newborn at the time. So it was interesting, but (laughs) it was incredible. I tripled my email list. I made four times as much money as I normally made in a month. And I booked out my services for six months. So all of those problems I had you know, I was having in my McDonald's moment were just like suddenly solved by this summit. Um, and I had never planned on teaching summits like I am today, but after that summit, I was just getting bombarded by attendees and speakers. Like, will you teach me how to do that? That was really cool. How did you do that? I'm like, go away. That was a lot of work. I'm not going to teach you how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But literally after like six months of them asking, there was one day I had a speaker message me on Facebook, uh, saying that I should do it. I had an attendee email me and my coach sent me a message on Boxer saying she had a dream that I built this summit, um, summit empire where I was teaching people how to do summits. I was like, okay, universe, I will do the thing. And here we are. I'm now teaching people how to host summits and I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. And I love your podcast too. So what's the podcast that we, everybody knows before, before we dive into the good stuff about like getting people and actually making money. So what podcast, what's your name of your podcast that way people can go subscribe? Yeah, my podcast is the Summit Host Hangout Podcast. You can find it everywhere. But basically my goal is that is like when you decide that a summit is something you want to do, you're going to find yourself just wanting to be immersed in summits. Like how does this all work? What are all the strategies? And when I was hosting my first summit, I remember like driving in the car, trying to find, you know, this information on summit so I could listen to. And all I was really finding were other business owners breaking down their summit launches. That that was good enough for me. So that's what my goal with this is like super short 10 ish minute episodes where I am just giving you actionable strategies on how to host a summit. Uh, So you can listen on the road, get all your, all the goodness in and go host an awesome summit. So summit host hangout. I absolutely love the podcast. I adore it. I'm like, it's so good. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I love this summit thing. It's so much. And like, after you talked to Chris, like you can't help but want to do one. I know like behind the scenes gossip, y'all we're doing one. And I'm just like, yes. And I was always like, no. And like, don't worry. I know everyone's like, what about the back to business bundle free giveaway? We're still going to do that one in February. Don't worry. Chris is like, yes, I love that thing. Yes. So we are also <laughs> going to do that one as well. But I'm like, she just makes these so appealing and she makes it so easy. So definitely make sure that you listen to the podcast. So just in case, because I realized I didn't actually ask this question first, if people don't really know what a summit is, what is an actual like virtual summit? We should probably start at the beginning. Hey besties. So we're going to go back to this episode in a second, but first I just wanted to let you know that if you never want to have your subscribers be annoyed ever again, when your name pops into your inbox, even if you're asking for cashola or maybe wondering exactly what my two-step process is for making sales every single day that literally have people thanking me for taking their money. Yeah. That happens like every single day. Or perhaps you're concerned that you're making one seemingly innocent mistake that is actually giving new subscribers whiplash from unsubscribing from your list so darn fast. 
then I want you to head over to katedoster.com forward slash class so you can register for this free on-demand training, Littlest Big Profits. In Littlest Process, I'm going to take everything that we talk about here at Inbox Besties and crank it up to like a thousand so you can learn how to make a toe curling income and impact that you crave from a micro-sized email list without feeling like a manipulative, money-hungry butt face. That's right. You're just going to learn how to treat people like people and make your piggy bank smile in the process. So head on over to katedoster.com forward slash class right now. It's okay. I'm waiting. Like, go ahead. Click. Did you click? It's in the cover art. Just click it. You'll get there. Your people cannot wait and neither can your wallet. Yeah. So I'm sure most of you are familiar with like in-person conferences. This is basically the online version of that. So you bring you as the host, bring in a group of experts to speak on specific topics relating to an overarching topic that the summit is about. So for example, if you have a summit about, you know, teaching people to book out their client schedule through social media, you would have different speakers come in to talk about, you know, maybe different social media platforms or different strategies and things like that. Their topic's going to tie back to their business. So they benefit, um, but you're going to benefit by being able to put on this incredible free event for attendees to literally change their lives. And your goal as a summit host is to put on an event that specifically targets a big pain point they're having. So for my example, their pain point would be, I can't get clients. So that's why you're hosting a summit to help them get clients through social media. And like I said, summits are free to attend. If they're not free to attend, it's a, it's a conference. Summits are free to attend and then they can pay to upgrade to the all access pass. Um, and that's where you get your first round of really making really great money uh, through a summit. Uh, most all access passes, Standard is about three to 5% conversion rates for summits. The way I teach in my Summit in a Box program gets students around 15% conversion rates instead. Yes, it's pretty great. Uh, give some really, really great income boost before you go on and launch whatever your thing is to the list of hundreds or thousands of new people you just brought in. So it's great for visibility, list building, income, making connections with industry experts. Uh, and it gets easier each time you do it. So that's a bonus too. But basically think of an in-person conference, bring that online, you have a summit. Ooh, so my first question would be, if you're saying that in your example of how to get teach people how to get clients from social media, what if as a host, that's the thing that you normally talk about? Like, why would you want to have other experts come in and talk about that? Or like, should you do something that's sort of like, you adjacent, like maybe you help people create packages. So now you need to have a summit about teaching people how to actually find the people to buy it. Like, how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, it works well either way. I do both. So for my, my first business where I do development for designers, I'm not going to host a summit about, you know, working with a developer or something like that. So my summit for them is about simplifying their business to become more efficient and profitable. That has worked Ooh. extremely well for me. Just that my, my most recent run of that made $60,000 and booked me out for six months. I'm also currently, as we're recording this, planning a summit for people who want to host summits. And we're having, you know, all kinds of other summit experts come in. We're bringing in people who, this one is for course creators. So people who um, teach different things around launching courses and things like that. So we will be having a summit that teaches part of you know what I teach in my program. But the great thing about that is I know those people specifically want to learn about that. And you can only teach so much in you know a group of 20, 30 minute sessions. So there's not really much of a concern with you know teaching them so much they don't need your thing anymore. 
Uh, some people will decide they don't want it. That's okay. Because the people left who are like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. I've learned so much. I can see this transformation. I'm ready for more. Then you have a perfectly target audience because they came to learn about your thing and you have the next step for them to take in your program. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense because I think that that's what a lot of people are sort of worried about is like cannibalizing and like figuring out how this, and this is what I really love about your approach. And you actually talk about this in your on-demand masterclass about making sure that we're setting up even the topic of our summit so that we can actually earn money and not just like you said. So you had mentioned something about an all access pass. So Mm -hmm. what, what's that? Love it. Uh, so all access pass, the traditional all access pass is basically ongoing access to presentations. So when someone signs up for your free summit, generally you're giving them access to presentations for 24 to 48 hours. There's a limit on it. You're not giving them lifetime access to these resources for signing up for free. They can get that ongoing access by signing up to your all access pass. Now the all access pass I talked about that converts at three to 5%. That's typically just access to presentations. You know, like people are like, cool, don't really need this unless I'm, unless I'm really busy. Uh, so the, the way I teach it instead is that, yes, you, can get, you give them ongoing access to your presentations, but you include some awesome bonuses too. So I like to do like notes and worksheets or transcripts or something for each presentation as a little bonus in mine, totally optional. Um, things like maybe extra live sessions, like networking and co-working sessions to help them really start taking action, add a little bit of a live component into this virtual event. But this thing that really gets them is getting bonuses from your speakers. Uh, And this kind of like reminds me of your back to business bundle and why it's so amazing is these speakers are contributing things that they usually get paid for to this all access pass. That's why people are going to buy it is because you have this thing of really targeted, incredible bonuses. It makes it easier for your speakers to promote because they're like, hey, sign up for this event, grab the all access pass and you can get this program I usually charge this much for. Easier for them to promote easier for them to make affiliate commissions and it makes you a lot more money too. So it's a really, really powerful way to monetize something that has free entry. Absolutely love that. Yay for making money. So before we get into summit mistakes, because I know that you've helped a gajillion people roughly, I mean, I'm sure you can give us the exact number, actually have their summits, um, a sort of a golden thread. And I, I hear you besties in the back of my head is, how do we actually get these people? So it's like, not only, and I, I know that you have an actual process for this, but it's like, not only like, do you have to get people for free? And now you're asking us to give them stuff that they normally charge for. But I would love really just to conquer that first half of how do I actually get people? Because I feel like, especially in some industries, like in ours, like everyone and their mother and cousin is doing a summit. So like, how, how do we get people to want to do our summit? That's a great question. And there are some really specific things. There are people I've seen have one heck of a time getting good, I'm saying in air quote, speakers for their Mm -hmm. summit. But if you do it right, it will be a no-brainer for most people. The people that follow my process get 90 to 95% yes rates from their speakers. Um, And they're not just like pitching their BFFs, which, you know, makes it easier. But the most (laughs) important thing you can do to be able to land speakers without a lot of trouble is get really clear on who your summit is for and what it's about. So if you host a summit for all online business owners to help them grow your business, you're going to have trouble getting speakers because that is so broad. Uh, Really experienced speakers and business owners know 
that that's just not going to do much for them because it's so broad. It's going to attract beginner level people who probably aren't ready to invest much in anyone's products or services. You're going to struggle. But if you can get really specific first with who your summit is for, that is going to help a lot. So let's say you do target a broad audience. Maybe you target, target creative entrepreneurs. Okay. Who is that audience made up of? Do you have photographers, designers, uh, mindset coaches? Who is in that audience? And based on that, who do you tend to click with best who, or who gets the best results from your offerings? Host a summit for those people. You can host you know, different sets of your summit. So maybe your first one is for photographers. Second one is for those designers. You know, you're hosting different summits for a very specific audience. That's number one. And then getting clear on that topic is the next part that's going to make pitching your speakers easy. So it's not just going to be if it's photographers to help them grow their business. No. What about helping photographers book out their client schedules on Instagram? Cool. So much more specific. That summit is solving a problem for those people. And your speakers that you pitch want to get in front of those people because you're going to pitch speakers who have photographers in their audience. So heck yes, they want to get in front of thousands of photographers that are going to be at your summit. That is the key to this. Give them an audience they want to get in front of and they can do it without having to spend tons of money on Facebook ads. If you make the process easy, it doesn't require a ton of work for them. There are summits out there where it's like, you have to get on two calls with me, show up live during the summit, make a worksheet, do all these different things. And then, you know, that makes it a little harder. But if you can make it easy for them to get in front of your audience, that's what, it, that's what it's all about. And you need to outline those things in your pitch. So here's, yeah, here's what I'm going to need for you. We want that to be really clear. But here's all the things that are in it for you. And it's going to be easy to do it. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. So I understand when you're doing that first initial reach out that you want to say who this is for Mm -hmm. and how it's planning on helping them. Do you go into the particulars of like what like speaker requirements are in that first email? Or do you sort of save that until after someone says, yes, I'm interested? Like what's best practice there? Great question. So I always lay out the most important details right up front because I don't want them to be like, I don't know. So in my pitch email, I'll start by saying, um, you know, I'll have some kind of personal connection. I always try to, you know, connect with people even just a little bit on social media before I pitch. I'm just like, hey, I love what you shared on Instagram yesterday about blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I love what you've been teaching in this series on your Instagram stories, something like that to make a connection. I'm hosting this summit to help blank your audience do blank. And you're one of the first people I thought of because you do such a good job teaching about your thing. So you're, you're letting them know right up front that it's for their audience and that they're a perfect fit for it. And then I lay out what I'll need. So, uh, I need basic information to show you off on the registration page. I will need either a 20 to 30 minute pre-recorded presentation, or we'll hop on a quick interview. Um, and I'll requ- I'll need you to email your list one time and promote on social media one time. Really clear what I'll need, but here's what's in it for you if you do that. And that's where you're outlining those benefits. So you've made it really clear what you're going to need up front so they know what they're signing on for and you're ending with the benefits. So they're like, ooh, that sounds pretty good. Like I do want to get in front of this audience and do that. Sure, I can handle making a 30-minute presentation. That's no problem at all for these benefits. I absolutely love all that. Like a page full of notes. I'm like, we need to make sure we're doing this and, <laughs> and this, and this is why we, this is why we love Krista. We're like, yay, she's so smart. <laughs> Look, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, something else that I want to talk about speakers, because I know that this is an issue that is near and dear to the two of our hearts. And we were talking about this before we hopped on our call 
is speaker diversity. It was something that I know you are really trying to fit into your curriculum of your paid things, of your podcast, and really making sure. I mean, I know on Fridays on your Instagram, you actually share like creators, which I absolutely love. It's on your Instagram stories and you have the highlights. Um, I have my, my, I hate to say this like this, but I have like a, a meet a person of a different ethnicity than yours Monday, where like we have been showcasing other people where it's like for both of our audiences who want to do better, who are those ethical Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, like, well, I don't know anyone who is black or who is Asian or who is Latina that talks about blank. So how do you handle that diversity lineup? Like what is your suggestion for your people? Because we don't want tokenism at the same time we want representation. So how, how do you handle this? Because I've got targeted with some summit ads and it looks like they just copied and pasted the same stock photo six times. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, it's rough. Wow. You you really went out of the box there, Susan. Way to go. (laughs) No, for real. I was just pitched for a summit a couple of weeks ago and I went to the speaker lineup or they had this, their current speaker lineup on the registration page. It was like 20 white men, one white woman. And I was like, if you don't do a little better than this, I cannot be a part of the summit. So I'm, thank you so much for bringing this up first. The easiest way to have a diverse speaker lineup is to follow a diverse group of people. And like, yeah, right. Newsflash, but like for real, like I'm not trying to like poke fun at it because this, this is something that I had to wake up to. I followed a lot of people who looked just like me uh, until I started realizing, wow, this is not cool to have all of these events with people who look exactly the same, like 25 to 30 year old skinny white women. That's all the summit has. Right. And it can be uncomfortable and difficult to start reaching out to people you've never connected with before and being like, oh, I, oh my gosh, I need a black woman. I got to go find somebody. Like, that's not the way you want to do it. You don't want diversity to be like a box you're checking for your summit. You want it to feel natural. And that's how you avoid the tokenism. And the best part you can do it is just start connecting with those people. Start looking for them. Start following them. If someone follows you who looks different than you, follow them back if you're interested in what they're doing. Start, you're going to have to do it consciously and on purpose at first. Start following people different than you. It will become natural. Because those people will start, you'll see that they tend to share more people that look like them as well. And you're like, oh that person's really cool. Going to follow them. And it will, it will become more natural, but it's something you need to plan for and start doing before you put on your summit. If you don't want it to kind of feel uh, a little dishonest, I guess, while you're doing it. Um, and the more you do it, the more it pays off. Because if you do end up with a lineup of 19 white people, one black woman, people will notice that that black woman might even pull out you'll have some of the white people start pulling out because they're like, I can't promote this because the issue with it is no one else is no one that's not white will feel welcome. They'll go to that registration page and be like, "Mm, I don't know if I'm welcome here. And I like to flip this sometimes. If you went to an event and it was all, let's say, let's say all black women on a page and you were a white man, would you feel, would you like be like, Oh, I wonder if, I wonder if it's okay if I sign up for this. You would probably wonder that, right? They wonder that too. People that don't look like us wonder that too. You want it to be like when they land on that registration page, they're like, yes, heck yeah, I'm welcome here. I'm so excited for this event. You don't want there to be room for a question in their mind. And it all starts by trying to, starting to branch out right away in your network. I'm sorry, this was a really long answer, but it's something it's I've become <laughs> really passionate about. Um, and it starts, by, it starts before you even 
start planning your summit. It, it like starts internally and then starts working its way externally into all the things that you do. 100%. I know I was always baffled when people were like, Kate, your, your audience and like the people that you have on the podcast is so diverse. Like we didn't, yeah. I didn't dawn on me. And then we did the math at one point. I'm like, we're skewing more people of color than we're actually doing white yeah. creators on here. So I'm like, it's one of those things that, especially as a white creator, when you're just sort of naturally doing it, you kind of forget that everyone else doesn't. And if you are in that other camp, and I think this is what Chris and I are trying to get at. If you are in the other camp where you're like, crap, there's always room to change. Mm -hmm. It is not trying to justify those things. It is exactly what you said. It is internal. It's like, wait a minute. What does my actual podcast, like who am I listening to? What does that saying? And I don't want you, just like Chris said, there, it's not to check a box. It is for you yourself to know people who talk about these things beforehand. And even though I'd said this, because I was pretty sassy in my first share creator post, even though Google could answer this for you, I will tell you right now. So I think that that's just really important. And that's one of the things that we have been really cognizant of, for lack of a cooler kid word, when we are doing collaboration projects is to see how other creators have handled not social issues. Like when it comes to black life matters, this is a human rights issue, mm -hmm. like straight up, like it is a human rights issue. Everyone needs to care. Everyone needs to do it. And again, there was no line in the sand. Y'all know where I stood. There was, there was <laughs> no questions. And I want there to be no questions too. So I will wrap this up. So thank you for the interview, but how, say if you're just getting your first couple of speakers, like, do you mention in your pitch that you're looking for like diversity? Like how, like, say if I had pitched you for summit and we had no real like connection beforehand, like, how do I let people know that that's something that we value? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes like my assistant's the one handling requests and I don't require her to, although now I think I should like, should yeah. I require her to like go and like check out a person's social media first to see how they're handling things? Like, like, how do you do this at the very beginning? And then maybe after you get some summit speakers, but like, what's this first step to be like, we're inclusive, this matters. I love that question. So it is a really good idea to include that in the pitch and you don't have to make it a big, long paragraph. So we're collecting uh, a diverse group of experts on this topic to come teach this audience about this. You can like add a little note there, but expect speakers to reply to you and be like, do you have diversity in your lineup? Can you share your lineup with me so I can see what it looks like? People want to know now. I'm asking when I get pitched, what does your lineup look like if there's nothing that will let me see it right away? And a lot of times there won't, you like, you won't have your registration page loaded up with speakers for them to see, right? You haven't pitched them yet. Um, but it is okay to share your potential list, like the list of people you're, you're pitching, as long as you make it clear these people have not agreed yet. These are people I'm planning to pitch. You're not, you're not pretending that like you've already landed all these people. Um, but yeah, have a really quick mention in your pitch. And if someone comes back and asks you about diversity in your lineup, be open and honest and accepting of it. They're not trying to like be difficult or make you mad. They're trying to make sure that their audience is going to feel welcome at this event. So be ready to prove to them that you are, you know, going to be hosting an inclusive event. Yay. I love that so much. So we could talk forever. Cause like I said, I really do think that summits is one of those amazing list builders. I didn't even get to ask you this first question. How long do you teach your students, um, in your course to like from brainchild to actually executing how many like 
weeks or months do you think that people should have? Is there like a quickie dirty version, more polished? How much time do you think that people should put into this beforehand? Yeah. So I always say, give yourself a minimum of 90 days when you decide you want to do this, this, that, um, that timeline is going to make it so you don't have to rush and put pressure on your speakers. That's the most important part that they have a good experience. Uh, I've seen people be like, I'm hosting a summit in four weeks. I just had the idea yesterday. I'm like, uh, you need to start promoting in two year weeks. Who are your speakers? How are you getting their presentations? How are you going to do it without stressing the heck out of them? So 90 days gives you time to not rush, not hate the process, not make your speakers hate you, uh, to do the work you need to make an engaging event that will actually make a difference for your attendees. If you can give yourself a little bit longer, that's cool too. And that's not 90 days of you working all day, every day on this event. It's you putting in a few hours each week, letting your speakers take the time they need to either schedule an interview or make a presentation, get their promotion ready because you need your speakers to promote uh, and be excited to do that for you. So if you can give yourself 90 days, please do, please do. I'm begging you. <laughs> now I know that there are a lot of mechanics when it comes to running the summit. Like you talked about the affiliate program, the all access pass. We really wanted to dive into speakers today because again, we are both so like, you need to be inclusive. Like this is not an option people. Where else can people learn more about you? Because I know that they're going to want to do summits, but I know there's a lot of yeah buts that come up when it comes to doing this. So how can you help us with that? Yeah, so my free masterclass is a great place to get started with this. It's the three-part framework to triple your monthly revenue with the virtual summit while building your list for free. So yeah, we cover how do you make money? How do you get subscribers? But we also cover some of the big hurdles you guys might be thinking about, like, my business is so busy, I don't have time for this, or I don't have a huge email list. How am I gonna get speakers? How am I gonna get people signed up? How do I even do this thing? So that masterclass covers all of those things. It shows you exactly how to push past those hurdles, which are the most common ones people in my audience have. And you also can have the opportunity to join my program if you want to, which will give you, you know, all the templates, scripts, strategies, processes you need to do it easily. And that is at summitinabox.co slash Kate. Alrighty. Thank you guys so much. Someone's at a box.co slash Kate. We'll make sure to drop the link in the show notes and I'll also be on the blog post as well. Thank you so much. Do you have any other parting words for people that you would like them to know about before we say goodbye? Just know that if you're like doubting yourself at all about hosting a summit, I promise you can do this. If I can do it with a tiny email list and like not that many great connections while I'm struggling to find clients and have incredible success, you can do it too. If you have, if you're starting from scratch and you came to Kate for help starting to build your email list, you can host a summit. It can be incredible. It can change the lives of your audience. Please do it. Don't hold yourself back. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks Kate. Bye. Oh my goodness, guys. I told you that interview is so amazing. I could talk to Krista forever about so many things. I know I've signed up for her free class. I'm like, yes, give it to me because we, spoiler, as we talked about in the episode, we are actually hosting a virtual summit in September as well. It's going to be the first uh, is when it's going to be kicking off. And I'm very excited. More about that in the upcoming weeks you guys will know about. But I just, I loved this interview, not only because it talks about human rights issues, which I think are so important, but she actually gave us some really tangible advice on what to do with your summits, on how honestly the two things that are going to really I don't want to say make or break, but make your summit the more profitable is figuring out who your summit is for, niching it down and niching down the topic as much as possible. And I loved how she was so candid about answering that question of, should you think of your whole process and not talk to anybody who does the same thing you do? Should you just go into your summits? Like, 
what should you do? And Krista talked about having a lot of success with both, with both of these things. The summit that she's hosting in September is going to be about growing one's business with summits, which is super smart. But she's had one in the past about streamlining and outsourcing another summit. Because guess what? She's part of the outsourcing process. And I just think that it is so genius the way that she goes about it. So just to kind of recap a couple of the amazing nuggets that we get dropped here. And I loved her McDonald's moment. I think that was so great because I love to know it's not all sunshine and rainbows for people would have to be you need to get crystal clear on who you are for, niche it down, and also the general topic or walk away from your summit. Make sure if you are going to be selling the replays that it's not just the replays, you want to jazz it up. You also want to talk to your contributors and see if anyone would be willing to add an additional prize or gift into people actually getting this giveaway. And Krista in her free masterclass, she touches on it, but definitely in her full pledged course actually talks about the way you can sort of word it to make it sound more alluring for people. Because I know that I have gotten pitched to be on summits before in the past. I'm just like, why would I give you my stuff for free? They do an awful job of selling it. And that's how I really loved how she actually broke down that pitch email in this podcast about having that personal connection, being crystal clear on who this is for, what does this actually help them with? And then you go over the logistics of what they'll need to do. And then at the end, you're always going after the benefits. It's just such, such a smart format and it makes so much sense. So again, you can head on over to summitinabox.co slash Kate so you can grab her seat for her free training. Not affiliate link, guys. It is just one that I am just so excited to go watch again. I heart you all and I'll see you next week. Thank you for having Inbox Besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we go ahead and make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me over on your Instagram stories, Kate underscore Doster, so that way I can give you a shout out for being a bestie of the week. Later days.